we are in the year of 2023, when we look at the geopolitical change, too often we tend to focus on the West. And given the fact today, the nation of United States of America is clearly standing at the crossroads, particularly politically speaking. There are more than 10 candidates came out today, joined the GOP race, and hoping their messages could be heard by the voters. And also, for the 2024, they're going to be one of them, hopefully, to be the next president for the country. But meanwhile, given the fact today, countries in Southeast Asia continue to generate much greater noises. Not too long ago that we covered the election in Thailand, and also we had in-depth understanding why the election in Thailand was so crucial. But today, here's a question we need to ask. After the election, we still don't have a legitimate government. What gives? What are the major political reasons for this country to elect a prime minister successfully? Hey everyone, this is Will, and welcome to this brand new and exciting episode of The Missing Piece. In this episode, we are going to talk about the country of Thailand, particularly related to the political instability and also for this economic uncertainty. Given the fact today, Thailand is a critical player in Southeast Asia, and also Thailand built solid relationship with countries, for example, in Europe, and also with closer neighbor, which is China. But at this moment, without a legitimate government, how should we understand the direction for the country? And what about the younger generations? Are they going to buy into the statement put out by the monarchy regarding the empty seat? Well, here's a conversation. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in order to understand all the questions and find better answers, please allow me to introduce our distinguished speaker, which is Professor Pavan Chachavalpampan. Again, Professor Pavan is an associate professor at the Kyoto University's Center for Southeast Asian Studies. He's the editor of the forthcoming book, which is entitled Rama X, The Time Monarchy Under King Vajalakorn. Again, Professor Pavan, and welcome to The Missing Piece. Thank you so much for the invitation. Professor Pavan, I want to get started. Again, as we mentioned before, initially when I discovered you, because this amazing article that you wrote, which is entitled, Everybody Won in Thailand's Election Except the Voters, I want to get started with the first question. How did the recent election in Thailand spur a cycle of recurring political instability and also frustrated the democratic system today, especially for the younger generations? How important it is for the younger generations in Thailand to participate and also have their voices heard at this moment? What do you say to that? Well, I mean, to understand uh, the recent election, we have to go back a little bit, you know, in the past. Uh, I would say that Thailand in the past decade had been the, has been dominated by basically the military. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to cut long story short, we had a military coup in 2014. After that, the military sort of set up its own government. Even though we had an election in 2019, again, uh, people who were backed by the military came back to form the government. So that's why I said in the past decade, Thailand basically was not really democratic. Uh, and during this decade, the people who were in power uh, put in place a kind of infrastructure to ensure that uh, their power, power position would be, you know, entrenched. Mm-hmm. So in other words, 
they want to make sure that uh, any challenge that might arise from the electoral politics uh, will not be able to sort of to kick them out politics mm. and that really demonstrate you know during the, the 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 last election in a sense that uh they put in place uh, a senate of five up to 150 mm. so the infrastructure that infrastructure sort of you know inform us that in order for any party to form government and to have its leader be accepted as prime minister you have to win more than half of the combined upper house and lower house. Mm. Now, lower house in Thailand consists of 500 seats, basically house of representative. Then uh, the upper house basically Senate 250. So you are talking about 750. The prime minister have to get approval more than 300 and let's say, because I'm not good at math. So, uh, 750 it have to be 375 votes mm. but obviously the winner of this election it's just basically from the pro-democracy camp mm. which will not be allowed to set up the government that when the senate you know use its influence to block both the party and also uh, the candidate for the prime minister which uh comes from this pro reform move forward party mm. okay so the next mini question for you how important for <clears throat> for the younger generation to voice you know uh their uh how to say their desire and at the same time their frustration we have to understand also that um the majority of the supporter of this move forward party basically are in the younger generation group mm. so in other words you know these are either first time or second time voters you know they're very enthusiastic about you know mm. participating in politics but but look at the result you know they went out there they cast their vote but at the end you know it's not what what is more important is basically power rearrangement mm. among the conservative leader in thailand mm. Professor, I want to move on our conversation again. Going back to the article, we know recently after the election, especially you mentioned regarding the younger generations, they are very excited about this, what we call move forward party. But meanwhile, within your article, at this, uh, before the name move forward party, you put a astounding adjective. It's called a progressive. I mean, today, when we look at the political change and also look at this political instability, it's rather, I would say, sensitive to use the word progressive because that could be interpreted in many ways. So again, Professor Pavan, from your perspective, what is the reason why we, today we coin the Move Forward Party with the word progressive? What are some of the major changes proposed by the party leader at this moment, despite that we still don't know the, uh, the, uh, the legitimacy of the government yet? Go ahead. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, going back to what I said also earlier, that Thailand has been dominated by the military conservative forces. Mm. Obviously, they do not, uh, you know, they do not approve anything progressive mm. because this is something very different or opposite mm. of what they are, which is, you know, conservative, mm. right? But I mean, this move, move forward party is, I think, the only party that has been willing to put forward progressive policy. Mm. When we talk about progressive policy, what does it mean? It means 
you know, uh, to try to take the military out of politics. Mm. That is very progressive because none of any other political party has ever done it before, has ever proposed something like this. Mm. You know, uh, the other thing also, which is very progressive, is basically uh, the proposal to reform Article 112. Mm. Article 112 is very important for Thailand uh, because it has been used as the political weapons, you know, to undermine, you know, anyone... Uh, anyone thinking differently from the conservative uh, leaders. Uh, Article 112 is basically less majesty law. Less majesty law is to protect uh, the power or the prerogative of the monarchy. Mm. When talking, when you talk about monarchy in Thailand, that is very sensitive, mm. you know, and, and no matter how you, how you talk about the monarchy, you could put yourself in jail just mm. because you talk about the monarchy. Mm. So that's why when this party want to tackle this issue, very sensitive issue, you can call it progressive, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's why the, uh, the, the elite try every single possible way to block the, the move forward party, you know, from, uh, putting ahead, going ahead with this so-called progressive policy. But at the same time, younger generation, they want something new. You know, they see what's going on, you know, outside Thailand, in the region and at the international level that that you know elsewhere democracy seem to blossom and they just want thailand you know to have that kind of democracy as well mm. so that's why they support progressive policy of the move forward party of course professor again really appreciate the insights it's crystal clear that anyone who challenges the monarchy again is going to face more major hurdles again we're looking at this political arena now let's move on to the question again professor palvin you mentioned the role of military in thailand within the article and i quote after its latest coup in 2014 the military moved to preserve conservative dominance and contracept the future challenges with new changes including stuffing the senate with appointees to offset the democratically elected house of representatives again for most of us that we aren't really familiar with the role of military in thailand professor Pavan, help us with better understanding at this moment how should we understand the role of military in this country again what is the correlation or what is the relationship even between military and the monarchy at this moment go ahead well i mean the two institutions the, the military and the monarchy you know all they're almost uh you know uh inseparable so for a long long time you know they have formed a kind of working relationship interdependent relationship that the the existence of the monarchy is because of the support from the military likewise uh the fact that the military can play certain political role that that also because of the monarchy mm. as well so i mean it, it's just it, they have you know long history together which i do not want to you know uh, uh say too much otherwise it would eat up a lot of time but just enough to say that you know the, the two institutions uh become how to say as i said inseparable since the cold war mm. and when when the monarchy has been perceived as you know the the, the highest institu institution and has been made uh equal to national security security that when you can see the role of the, of the military mm. the military can always you know uh can always refer to the monarchy as a kind of national security should there be any threat to the monarchy 
then it would be a threat to national mm. security, and that would be would be the responsibility of the military. So that's why when people talk about removing, reforming Article One One Two, immediately the military interpreted it as a threat to national security, and by saying by saying so, it gives itself a political role. So, so that's that's very easy to understand why the military has become so much involved in politics, exactly because of the existence of the monarchy. Now, when you quote me in that article, you know, after 2014, they put up, they set up this new senate, right? Mm. All appointed, all member are appointed by the military, mm. uh, because because back then the military was in power, right? After the coup, we we talking about military government. Now, just give you a brief history. So that the the listener would understand, uh, Thailand has had Senate before, mm. right? But according to its 1997 constitution, you know, it stated clearly that member of the Senate or basically senators mm. had to be elected, mm. right? Mm. And that because you know uh, the, the 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 responsibility of the Senate is basically to check and balance mm. against. The House of Representatives, which is okay, I think it's okay. Mm. You know, it's acceptable. You know, in many, many, many democratic countries, but then the military sort of backtracking it after 2014 when they when they rewrote constitution, they also set up this Senate, but instead of instead of elected mm. member, it become appointed member. Mm. When it become appointed, it become an instrument. Of the military, mm. and again, it's demonstrated. You know, in the in in the in 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 a few week, few weeks ago, when they tried to approve, you know, the name of Pita as prime minister, then all most of the senate senator objected. Mm. That exactly a political decision. Professor Palmen, you sort of touch on my next question again. We've seen the election took place a while ago, but again, at this moment, is still rather. Incomprehensive to understand that we still don't have a legitimate government at this moment. So, in other words, there's still a formal leader again to fulfill this empty seat. And also, going back to your article, which is entitled "Everyone Won in Thailand's Election Except the Voters," I really want you to help us with the title. Voters' voices matter in every single election. I mean, that's the whole the democratic system is about. But meanwhile, your article says that everyone won in Thailand's election except the voters. What is the indication behind that? Does that mean that voters' participation was not counted as the effort towards the political system today in Thailand? What is the message behind that? Well, I mean, uh, the the title basically, the title of that article capture you know the essence of the article. Just basically, I mean, it looked like election mm. become a kind of You know, vinia mm. on something really, something really truly about Thai politics. Mm. What that means, really truly about Thai, Thai politics. Basically, Thai politics is still controlled by the conservative elites. Mm. Yeah, but I think I think they have been. I mean, also this is a message in my in my article uh, that. Uh, They might be conservative, they might be autocratic, yeah, mm. but they have become much, much more sophisticated in dealing with, you know, electoral politics. You know, electoral politics. They're not interested in electoral politics for a long time because they know that they can't control mm. the result. And the, the previous election sort of, you know, showed them that exactly they cannot control because the winning of the part, the winning party, basically, 
uh, come from progressive faction, mm. right? Mm. So, uh, and in the past, when they think, when they thought that they could not control the result, they rely on shortcut mm. military coup. Mm. Yeah, but every time when there was when there's a military coup in Thailand, Thailand would Thailand is condemned so much. You know, and in, including sanctioned by you know its partner, for example, the United States. So, and there's a lot of damage to the conservative forces. So that's why they become sophisticated by manipulating the mm-hmm. parliamentary process. So, in other words, they allow they allow election to take place. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead and election. Well, even if the result you know might not might not favor them, don't worry. We can use the hand of the Senate. Mm-hmm. Right mm. to block anyone they don't like it, so that's why and 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 it's very difficult to condemn them, you know, by the international community because this basically happened within the parliamentary framework. Mm. So that's why when I, when I, when I said they they are very sophisticated, yeah, this is how they deal with it. So in other words, you can say that you know, it the election is election is just basically, uh. Uh, it's just something that make Thailand look good. Mm. It's just something that make Thailand look like Thailand is a democratic country, mm. but in essence, it's not. And at the same time, you know, the voter who went out there, you know, and cast their vote at the end of the day, these votes are not important. Mm. What more important is how they arrange political power up there. Mm. Professor Pavan, I got two more questions before letting you go. Now let's talk about what we call generational change, and also this is something that you also mentioned, and also you wrote in the article. I guess there's no denying that youth today around the world very actively avoid their oppositions and their opinions towards political change and also social agenda. And again, we'll look at the nations um, uh, among Southeast Asia. But meanwhile, again, going back to Thailand, your article mentions the word generational change. A very simple question, Professor Pavan. What are the generational change that people in Thailand, particularly the youth, are looking for at this moment? And also, youth, they tend to hold different perspectives when they look at the change and when they look at how the nation is heading towards the next phase. What is your explanation for that? Yeah, uh, well, when, when I mentioned the uh, generational shift, it's basically right now, I think Thai politics, you know, uh, is driven by this young generation mm. uh, against the, the conservative forces. Uh, this young generation, they grew up during which time uh, when I would say one of the main factors that allowed them to think differently is basically the emergence of social media. Mm. Uh, you know, everyone in Thailand have access to social media. And for the first time, you know, uh, when compared with the previous generation, when you do, we, when you do not know how to interact with the outside world, you know, you thought that you know everything, but but whatever you know is basically only within Thailand, mm. right? You know, the, all the information uh, you know offered to you basically coming from the state. So that's why I think it's, it was very difficult for the the previous generation to go up again to go to rise up against you know the the the, the dominance of power of the elites. Uh, whereas the younger generation have you know better access to information elsewhere. They know what's going on in Hong Kong, in Taiwan. You know, uh, they they have seen you know Arab Springs. 
so and they just they just because of because of this you know greater access mm. you know to what going on outside the Thai border so it allowed them to change you know and I think this is very important to change uh, the the perception the idea of political legitimacy of uh, political power mm. of transparency and accountabilities so this day you know the young kids you know unlike unlike you know their parents mm. when they said oh my god you know this government corrupt okay but we we can't do anything else you know blah 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 but the younger person said no you know we can do something mm. you know we can learn from you know neighboring country we can learn from the west so i think this sort of represent you know the younger generation and also it reflected on uh the, the the protest in thailand in 2020 and i i i have to say that that protest by the youth in 2020 is a turning point in thailand mm-hmm. because that was the only the first time uh protest that you know uh talk about so openly the reform of the monarchy uh so we already talk about you know the sensitivity mm-hmm. of the issue of the monarchy right but despite the fact that this issue is very sensitive mm. but the younger generation you know there or they were willing to confront or to challenge this sensitive issue mm. you know despite you know the risk mm. so that really reflect you know the change in the mind of the generation of course professor it's important that we understand the younger generation again as you mentioned before Is their thinkings and the the way to form the ideas by exposing themselves to the outside world? Again, there's no denying that social media today absolutely influencing the way that how younger generations are crafting their ideas and also connecting with the world one after another. Now, Professor, I want to wrap up our conversation by asking you the last question. We're looking at what's happening today in Thailand, but meanwhile, again, there's no doubt that Thailand has direct relationship with other countries in Southeast Asia, as we mentioned before. You know, we'll look at Cambodia, we'll look at Vietnam, we'll look at the Philippines and Laos, etc. So, Professor, from your perspective, again, you're the expert. How do you think that what's happening today in Thailand could have, or maybe directly influence the relationship? Between Thailand with other partners in Southeast Asia, because again, given the fact that today Cambodia had recently had an election, and also we'll look at the uh, um, correct me wrong of Philippines, and again is standing at the political crossroads as well. So, how do you think what's happening in Thailand could actually influence the relationship, economically or politically speaking, with other countries? Your thoughts? Well, what I can say is that. Uh And this might not be, and and this might be very pessimistic rather than optimistic. Mm. Uh, I do not want to go into detail of you know what kind of uh, relationship you know political economic relationship between Thailand and those neighboring country because we talked about ten or eleven country here. Mm. But but just allow me to say this that you know the the election in Thailand and the blocking you know of the of the popular vote uh, doesn't look good on Thailand, mm. and not only it doesn't look good on Thailand. It also, you know, cause a, a, a negative impact on democratization process in the region, mm. right? We, we, you mentioned, you mentioned yourself, uh, yourself mentioned that you know what happened in in Cambodia. Cambodia has been so much condemned mm. by, uh, by in the recent election, you know, in terms of uh, the kind of dynastic politics, right? The, the domination of a uh, 
of one family, you know, and and the electoral frauds, this and that. We also have to look at Myanmar as well. The military took over, uh, in a military coup, right? In two thousand, uh, in twenty twenty one, you know, even though they released on San Suu Kyi, but there's no sign of democracy. Mm. So what what happened in Thailand would only encourage autocratic mm. leaders in the region mm. that it is okay to be autocratic because we're not alone. So that's why, you know, I look at this as a kind of very pessimistic tendency, you know, in the region that instead of na- nation in this con- nation in this region work with one another to promote democracy. On the contrary, mm. they work together to, to promote authoritarianism. Mm. And, uh, and uh, I mean, uh, former Prime Minister Thapsin Shinawat, you know, visited Cambodia two days ago. So I, I don't think this was a good signal, you know, uh, of Thailand wanting to go ahead with democracy. In other words, we are going back and then, you know, sort of working with other authoritarian regime in the region. Mm. <laughs> so I would, I would end by saying that uh, this has been uh, a trend for illiberalism within the region mm. and it's a very worrying t- trend, mm. to be honest. It is, Professor. It's rather worrisome for a lot of countries today at this moment. Again, Thailand, d- I mean, does not just have this sole relationship with other countries in Southeast Asia, but also for the U.S. and also for the European countries. They also pay close attention to what's happening in Thailand today. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Professor Pavan Chachavopompon. Again, Professor Pavan is Associate Professor at the Kyoto University Center for Southeast Asian Studies, and he's the editor of the forthcoming book, which is entitled Rama X, The Thai Monarchy Under King Vajolakorn. Again, Professor, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. We'd love to have you back on the show as we continue to pay attention to what's happening in Thailand today and also for the future of the country. So thank you so much for doing this.